Good morning. It's good to see you all. Uh, great to have uh, all of you who are joining us uh, online. So uh, before I get started, I just want to say um, there, something really cool happened yesterday that maybe some of you don't know about. You know, our outreach, you know, Becky was up here, but our outreach group and ministry teamed up um, with one of our connect groups, our mountain bike uh, group that we've had around here forever and ever. And um, they decided uh, to just help build some bicycles for kids that needed them uh, in our city. And so yesterday they were building bicycles and they built 119 bicycles here. Yeah, isn't that cool? Uh, went to more than 60 families in our city uh, that needed them. And it just, just another way um, and to all of you who are part of uh, either of those groups, it just, it's so good to have you a part of CASAS because what a tangible way to just love people, to just, like, right, to just shine with the kind of light that just loves people. So it's just, I thought I'd start off uh, with that. Um, so we're in this series. If you're here, uh, maybe new or whatever, it's so good to, to have you here. And we're in this series called The Dance where we're looking at relationships, different types of relationships, and thinking of it as like a dance. When you think about a dance, there's a dynamic and this movement back and forth and attuning to one another. And this morning, um, I want to talk about friendships uh, is kind of a dance, that dynamic of friendships, because yeah, it's such an important part of our lives. And it was really highlighted this past week just because one of the stars of the sitcom Friends uh, Matthew Perry died. And so it's kind of, we've like seen all of uh, that. How many of you have ever uh, like watched much of uh, Friends? Whole bunch of, okay, good. Right. So like there's this thing about Friends and even when you think about the theme song of Friends, it captures something um, that uh, is, is kind of powerful, right? It starts off um, here, it says, um, you didn't know life was going to turn out this way. And I love this next line, right? Your job's a joke, you're broke, your love life is DOA, right? Everyone has found themselves at that place of just like, oh. It says, um, when it hasn't been your day, your week, your month, or even your year, but I'll, what, be there for you. Yeah, and it captures this idea of friendship, right? That I'll be there for you when the rain starts to pour, I'll be there for you like I've been there before. I'll be there for you because you've been there for me too. And it's this, just this beautiful thing about friendship. And you know, it's interesting uh, when Friends debuted, like it instantly took off and uh, massive viewership. And in the 2000s, it was the single most watched uh, TV show. Um, and I wonder if one of the reasons why so many of us, so many people uh, over, I think it ran like 10 years or whatever, uh, watch, in fact, and it's had a resurgence recently, is because it's actually tapping into something uh, deeper, right? There, there's a part of it where we see, you know, the different characters and they're kind of over-dramatized and, and we kind of have fun with them. Like everyone's like, okay, like, you know, I've got a Monica or a Chandler in my life, right? You know, like you, there's this relatability part of it, but there's this 
part also that even with that, you know, all the different characters, whatever, the way they are for each other and how that, how they kept bringing it back to those friendship dynamics. Maybe that's why it was so popular because it was actually tapping into something really deep and important to us as human beings that we, we need friendships, right? Um, when life is hard, when life is sucking life out of you, like you need a friend. When something beautiful and wonderful happens in your life and, and, right, and you want to send a picture of it or you want to talk about it or tell the story, like you need a friend. You need a friend to celebrate, right? When it's a moment, you know, when you're getting married and you, like you want to celebrate that with friends. When your marriage is unraveling or could end and it's just ripping your heart apart, you need a friend in those moments, right? When, when the family you were born with is being the family you were born with and you're just like, Ugh. sometimes you need the family you get to choose, right? You, like, we need those friendships and, and whether it's in good times or hard times or whatever it is, we need friends. And this isn't new, is it? Um, I want to look at a passage here real quickly in Ecclesiastes that, that just shows us how this dynamic of relationship and friendship goes so far back. Now, we're going to spend most of our time looking at some different Proverbs, but I want to start out in this passage in Ecclesiastes because it just, it just captures this idea. So um, if you want, turn to your Bibles in, to Ecclesiastes chapter 4, starting in verse 9. And if you don't have your Bibles, we'll put it on the screen here. It says this, starting in verse 9. Two are better than one because they have a good return for their labor. If either of them falls down, one can help the other up. But pity anyone who falls and has no one to help them up. Also, if two lie down together, they will keep warm. But how can one keep warm alone? Though, no, though one may be overpowered, two can defend themselves. A cord of three strands is not quickly broken. And it's just this idea that in life, we need friends. We, we need, there's this kind of relationship that we call a friendship that we're, we're, we're just going to go through life and we're going to need it. Um, I was thinking about uh, this past summer. Um, earlier, much earlier, we had a water leak in our house, right? Uh, one of the toilets cracked and it spilled water. I came home from work and I knew there was a problem when in the garage, water was flooding into the garage from under the wall um, where my daughter's bedroom was. And I was like, oh, that's not good, right? But still thinking maybe something spilled over there. I opened up the back door, looked through the laundry room down the hall, and it was like a little river was just traveling and you know stuff was floating as it was going down there. Um, and it turned into like, one of those things where it's just like, oh, bummer, this is kind of an inconvenience to the, like, this is just an out of control thing because um, it started with, hey, Mr. and Mrs. Bartow, you're going to need some uh, repairs to your floors to all of your floors are going to need to be replaced. There's, our kitchen was about the only thing where the floors didn't need to be replaced. And it's a big enough job that like, we're going to have to move you out of the house but it's okay, because it'll only take four to six weeks, right? <laughs> yeah. See, you all have been through this, haven't you? Yeah. So this past summer, 
four to six weeks turned into, uh, we lived out of our house for more than four months, okay? And it was just like, when will this ever end? It's just like, because then it's like, it's no longer the flooring, it's there's a problem with the walls. And so we've got to rip drywall out of the walls and then we're finding other spots. And then it's just like they chased it up the walls. And now there's problems with the roof that we didn't even know about. It wasn't even related to this leak. It's like, you've got like roof damage that's caused this damage. And I'm just like, quit ripping stuff apart. Leave my problems hidden. You know, just, it's just like, this is getting worse to the point that I was in a meeting um, here uh, at the office during the middle of the week. And my wife sent me a picture that one of the construction workers sent her because they just like shut everything down because now with all the problems now the insurance company like there's fights over this and do you need a different claim or this claim whatever so they sent her these pictures that she sent to me which was just a pleasure to see right in the middle of the of this meeting and uh, do you have the picture there? there that's part of the wall and then part of the interior ceiling right there just you're actually looking at part of the outside roof from the bottom that's never a good thing, right? And um, it, I felt a little bit like, this is like a Chevy Chase movie, right? Where they intentionally make everything go wrong to draw it out. And I remember getting these pictures and looking at it and, you know, and all the contractors, I mean, looking at it, they're just like, whoa, this is bad, you know, and just, and, um, and I'm not saying this is a good thing or a bad thing, but a, part of just how I'm wired, okay? And, and, and there's good and bad to it, but I, I like to be self-reliant, right? I don't like to depend on other people. I don't just, and, I, and there's a part of that that's not good, but it's just, it's just how I am, right? And I'm like, I'll fix this because what was happening was there was this thing with going on with the insurance company back and forth with the company. And I'm just like, we got to get back into our house. I'm going to just start fixing stuff. I'll let the insurance and the contractor work it out. I'm going to start fixing stuff to get back in the house. So I started working on all this stuff and it just, be, it, it reached the point where it's just like, okay, now I'm starting to feel overwhelmed. My self-reliant inner self is just like, yeah. so I called Angel, not a real angel but a friend named Angel, okay? Everyone needs an angel, right? Um, called Angel and we had, had talked about it or whatever and he had uh, seen it. And um, it was really interesting, like, because it did, it reached a point where it's just like, I don't think we're ever gonna get back into our house and this is getting more and more complicated. And I remember he came over and he did two things that just ended up being like this kind of total gift uh, as a friend. Um, the first one was, uh, he looked at, he saw like what you saw in those pictures and he looked at it and he goes, ah, it's not that bad. And I'm like, I needed to hear that. Cause everyone, and he started, you know, poking it with, you know, like screwdrivers and stuff. And he goes, you know, it's not rotten all the way through. <laughs> this isn't as bad as it could be. Um, and then he said, we got this. And, and he has a lot of experience in construction and, and remodeling and stuff. And he goes, we got this. And he actually came over that next weekend on a Saturday when I wasn't preaching on the Sunday and knocked all of that out and like rebuilt it. And I just, I just remember like there was this part of me is just like, I need friends, right? He, the, that self-reliant part of me that just says, well, I enjoy friends. We need friends, don't we? We need friends in moments where we get a little overwhelmed. 
We need friends that can do things that we can't do. We need friends in moments to celebrate too, right? Uh, There's just, because to celebrate, to, to have those moments, even those good moments in isolation by yourself, we just weren't wired for that. There's some way that God wired us that there's something that comes out when we get to share that in a deeper way in all of this, okay? Um, and, and so here's the problem though that, that I know we all face and it's just, it's a part of what goes on in this world and it's this. It's easy to create a kind of dynamic where we can build lots of, and I'm gonna call them acquaintances, acquaintances or relationships um, that just don't go as deep. They don't become this other kind of friendship. And Proverbs speaks to this because, right, that thing that I think we were attracted to in friends was there was something in that dynamic that those six had that kept going to this other place that was good and beautiful. And, and we all understand there's something about how God created us that we need that. So I wanna look at some things in Proverbs uh, here this morning that I hope helps us with this whole dynamic to maybe have a different kind of dance to develop some friendships uh, in a deeper way or in a different uh, way. Um, If you have your Bibles, turn to Proverbs chapter 18. Turn to 18 because it points to this problem where, where, where maybe we can get into a different kind of dynamic than ultimately what we're after. And it says this, Proverbs chapter 18, verse 24. It says, a man of many companions may come to ruin. Isn't that interesting? Like you'd think, well, like lots of companions, that'd be fantastic. Um, But the point is, it's not how many friends you have, right? He has friends. It's just he's in a kind of dynamic that doesn't take at least some of those friendships to a deeper level. And it goes on and says in the rest of verse 24, but there is a friend who sticks closer than a brother, right? There's, there's like a friendship that becomes a different level of friend. Now, side note here, just real quickly, the point is not that it's bad to have lots of friends and it's, or bad to have friends that aren't at that deep level. It's not talking about whether being an introvert or extrovert is better or worse. It's not that. Here's the point. Here's the point that I want you to take away from this. Um, it doesn't matter how many friends you have if you don't have the friend you need. That's the point. And so my question here this morning is, do you have the friend or friends that you need just in life as you go through life? Um, Proverbs uh, goes on, says uh, a couple chapters later, uh, in fact, flip over to Proverbs chapter 20. Look at verse five, look at what it says here. It says, the purposes of a person's heart are deep waters, right? There's this depth to people, to relationships, but one who has insight draws them out. And, and the point is, there, as there are different levels to who we are as human beings, it means there's different levels to the kinds of friendships uh, that we'll have. And just 
to help us walk through this, because uh, there's a couple of points that I want to make after this. I want you to think about friendships at different levels, okay? Friendships at different levels. And let's start with this. So, so like, think of level one. And, and this is a friendship where it's fun. It's enjoyable. Um, maybe you share an interest uh, with that person, uh, you know, something that you have in common. And maybe, maybe that interest is something that you do at work. Maybe it's a task or a skill or, you know, part of the job. Uh, and you've kind of become friends with a coworker because there's something that you share in uh, doing. Or maybe it's a hobby that you have. And that is, that is your main connection uh, with that person. And that is like, that is a good thing. And you know what? Sometimes you may not even know that person's last name. Like maybe, maybe it's someone in your neighborhood and you've seen them for years and you've kind of just, you've kind of become a level one kind of friend. You might even, you know, go on walks uh, with each other, ask them how their day is going. And it's a good thing. Like you enjoy the conversation with them. And, and, and that's kind of a level one. Nothing at all wrong with that. In fact, my question would be, do you have the friends that you need at a level one? Do, do you have friends at that level? Because we all need that. But I want you to think about it a level deeper than that. I want you to think about like maybe what we'd call a level two. Um, and, and you probably have interests. You probably have things in common with this uh, person. Uh, but there's something that goes a little bit deeper in this. You begin to understand something about that person. You begin to understand uh, kind of who they are at a personality level, how God wired them in some way. Um, you know more about how they, you know, how they navigate life uh, a little bit. And, and there's something that like you share with them, right? There may be a group, you know, they're your football friends and you watch football with them or there's activities and, and this group, you go just a little bit deeper and you know about them, right? You've got, you know, your goofy friend and your funny friend and your, you know, uh, the wild friend and, you, you know, the sympathetic, you know, like you, because you're understanding them a little bit at a deeper level. And there's something that we get out of that, isn't there? And so my question for you on that is, do you have level two people in your life? Do you have level two friends in your life? Because you need those. Um, but one more level, level three. Um, and when you think about level three people, that yeah, like you, you un there's something you understand about how they're wired and who they are. Um, but there's something that you know at a little bit deeper level. You begin to know those things about, and here's how I put this. You begin to know those things about them that you would only know because they've revealed it to you, they, right? They, they have chosen to say, I, I'm going right? to open up the curtains into my heart or my mind, and, and I'm going to share some things with you that, that you couldn't know just by watching me, right? A level two friend understands those things. But this is where there's like a little bit of vulnerability. There's, there's some inviting into your life in some different ways. And through that process, one of the things that happens, whether it's spoken or unspoken, is there there, you develop a kind of commitment to one another about just, you know, care about that person. You, you start to value that person and you become vested in them at a, at a level you never experienced with a level one or a level two in there. Now, whether you have level three friends in your life or not, 
Um, we all need this. And this is what I want to talk about this morning. This is what I want to help us all with here in this. Um, but before I hit that, because I want to look at some other Proverbs and talk about how to develop those, a couple of ways of developing those level three uh, friends here. I want to say this, because I think it's important. You don't need to develop all of your friendships into a level three kind of friendship. Don't, don't make the goal, okay, here are all my friends. What can I do to turn them all into level three? That, in a weird way, that would be kind of a strange, disastrous thing as well. Like, you, like th- that would be way too much vulnerability and way too much in, investment in, in like way too big of a group, right? So don't, don't feel like the goal for every friendship is how do I get it to a level three? Let those friendships be whatever level they need to be, but maybe there are some dynamics that we can change, right? Change the dynamic and you change the whole dance so that you have the level three friend or friends that you really need. That's, I think that's the thing that I want to speak to this morning that I see coming out of Proverbs and what Ecclesiastes uh, was talking about. So this morning, I want to talk about just two ways, two ways to help develop those level three kind of friendships. And here's the first point. First one is this, move beyond the box. Move beyond the box. Remember Proverbs uh, 20 said, the purposes of a person's heart is like deep waters, right? There, there's, um, there is this deeper side to every single human being, right? And it, and it talks about how you got to draw that out to, to get to those deep, that deeper side of who somebody is. It's going to take some work, but here's the thing. Oftentimes it is so normal to, to have those friendships where, where we begin to kind of figure out who they are, but we can leave it at those more shallow levels. And it's like kind of putting them in a box. It's kind of like that label, right? And we all have this and there's nothing wrong uh, with this at, at some level, right? Uh, we have, like, how many of you, when I say uh, like, who's your competitive friend? You're like, oh, I know who that is, right? And that name pops in your mind because you know who that competitive friend is. And maybe you're sitting here going, uh, I, my name's popping into a whole lot of people's head right now because <laughs> right? you're that person, right? Um, or, you know, you're the funny one, right? You're, you're the one that always brings in the humor and the lighthearted side of it, you know, or the, you know, who's the dreamer? Who's the adventurous one, right? Like, I know that's just like, the, that's me. Like, there's a lot of people that just like, yeah, when I want to have an adventure, I'm going to call Glenn and we'll let him go first. And if he doesn't die, then we know it's safe to keep on going, Right. He'll try it first. He's willing to do that sort of thing, right? I get it. There's a part of me that, like, I'm wired that way. That's who I am, right? He, there's the melancholy friend. There's, like, the, the really sensitive friend, the encouraged. Like, we have all of these different things. And, and it's not that those are bad, okay? Because they're not. But when I say move beyond the box, it's this. If, if our lens for how we see them and interact with them stay there, with that label, with that box, they'll never become, right, the, the level three kind of friend. I remember uh, in uh, high school and then even into my 20s after high school, uh, had a friend, and I would call us close friend. We were, we were close friends. We had known each other for a long time. Uh, Charles, who was this, he was brilliant. Charles was brilliant, like, you know, got like straight A's. 
but for all of his brilliance, he didn't necessarily have the best common sense. Okay. Like he, like, and I'm going to use this label. Like he was one of those guys, right? Brilliant, but not the best common sense. And that, and uh, that's kind of how I related to him. And, you know, and, and it just, and I saw it everywhere, you know, where it would come out. Like, you know, me being the adventurous one, let's go on a camping trip. And a whole group of us went on a camping trip. True story. Went on a camping trip one time. And, uh, Charles, one of his jobs was to bring food for a couple of the nights that we were on this camping trip. We get there and another friend of mine opens up this uh, brown paper bag uh, that Charles had brought our food for, for the next couple of nights. He opens it up and Jay just starts laughing uncontrollably. And there's a group and we're like, okay, like what's so funny in the bag? And he goes, Charles brought microwave pizza on our camping trip. Yes. Yes. And we're like, help us understand. And he goes, well, it said it was fast and easy. And I figured that's what we needed on a camping trip. It's like, yeah, if you have electricity and a microwave, which you don't have camping, right? And it's just, you know, it's one of those things. Another camping trip. It was just, it was three of us, Darren, Charles, and myself. We're on this camping trip up in the White Mountains. Um, and I was actually uh, at the campsite and I was uh, working on getting dinner uh, ready and Darren and Charles were, kind of were off hiking around and doing something. And Charles walks back uh, all in himself and his eyes are like this big around and he's kind of bouncing out of excitement. He's like, dude, I just saw a three foot quail. I'm like, no, you didn't. Yeah, I did. It was a quail. And he described it. It's just perfect explanation of a quail, but it was three feet tall. I'm like, you didn't see a quail, dude. He goes, dude, I did. I did. And so then at that point, I'm like, I'm having a fun. Where do you see the coyotes out here? Whoa. And he's like, <gasps> and, just, you know. and then about that time, Darren walks up and goes, do you see the wild turkeys back there? It's just like, mm-hmm. yeah. See, that was Charles, right? Now, I just, and it was fun, right? And we'd tease him about it at times. And there were just all of these examples of that. But over time, like that lens, that box that I kind of had him in, I like, I, I didn't break that box down. I kind of kept him in that box. And over time, it's like, even though we were close, I was in his wedding, right? I, I, I watched him go through a divorce and a remarriage. I like it. Like we were close but there was something about it that it never reached that level three when maybe it could have because we were close. And the truth is, it's because I, I kind of kept him in that box. I didn't see him beyond that. And if you want a level three kind of relationship, no matter how insightful you are about their personality or how they're wired or whatever, if you keep them in that box, it'll never reach a level three. You know, if I could go back, I think about Charles, if I could go back, um, there would be a few things that I would do differently that, that maybe we could all do in different ways if, if we want to see a relationship go a little bit uh, deeper in this. Um, you know, one of the things that I would do differently is I would ask more questions when I was having a conversation with him, instead of just continuing to dialogue through my lens of like, you know, dude, you're so smart, but you don't necessarily have any common sense, right? That, I think I would ask him more questions. You know, he was a 
phenomenal athlete. And I don't know that we talked about that that often. I would have, I would have just engaged him more about his, his, like, what does he want to achieve as an athlete more? Like, he's a really good football player. And like, you know, like, what would you want to uh, do with that? I think um, I would have asked him more about, I, I, I have an inkling, but see, I never went there, that maybe there was a lot of weight of expectation that he carried from his parents, you know, like he was this straight A student, like, but I wonder if that was a burden to him at times. I'm like, one, like, but I never asked him. I never, I never thought of him much past all of those other things in there. And I wish I would have done that a little bit because maybe it would have deepened it more to kind of break down that box. And you know, the other thing that I would have done and, and to get at this one, uh, let, let me pose this question to you. Have you ever, have you ever had a label yourself like about you? Like, you know, maybe you were the smart one at the office that everyone came to, you know, for whatever, or, uh, you know, you were the, uh, you were the absent-minded person or the forgetful person or you were the overly serious person or the one that was, you know, the funny one or whatever. And, and you felt like, you know, at one point that thing that maybe I kind of liked about me or could laugh at, I starting to resent because I feel like the people around me are only seeing me that way at office, at the office or at school or with your friends ever feel like you're trying to fight and claw past a label? Let me ask you something. If you, in those moments that you felt that a little bit, uh, did you feel like being really vulnerable with people? Like, did you feel like, I just feel so safe to just kind of share some of the deeper things going on in my life? Or did you feel like you really had to protect yourself and or try to project something that would push past that? Because if you're like me, if you're like any human being, when we feel labeled in some way, we become more protective. And you know what happens when we become more protective? We're less likely to feel invited to breaking out of that box with someone else. We're less likely to be more vulnerable with someone else. And so I look back. So, so let me flip this around. I look back and I realize, you know, I... I didn't do a very good job of inviting Charles to let me see other parts of who he was. And I think if I could go back, I would try and be a little bit more deliberate about breaking down those boxes in a way that would invite him to know that it's safe for him to let me know him a little bit deeper. And so if you want to break down that box, you've got to get past how you see in those labels. But what can you do to let that other person know that you see them past those labels as well? Because that, that's kind of a gift to give uh, someone in there. Um, so change the dance. Change the dance and watch how it starts to deepen it. One more thing. Um, and here's the, the, the second point. Um, don't fix your friends. Right? Hey, if you want that relationship to go deeper, don't fix your friends. Right? Um, let me ask you, how many of you love it when a friend, let's say, takes you out to lunch and as you sit down, 
They're like, I'm so glad you're here. Now, let me begin telling you the things that are wrong in your life and I know how to fix them, right? How many of you love it when a friend just engages in trying to change you, right? Probably not, right? You're just like, when is this lunch going to be over, right? No one likes it when, like, when we become the object of someone else, right? Where they become the fixer in our life or they become the prescriber uh, in our life. So here's the thing. Give that up in trying to do that with someone else. And I know it can be hard at times, right? Because you're just like, but it's just right there. If only they would dot, 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 right? But here's the deal, right? If that's not invited or asked for, right? No one wants the friend that is, that they become the fixer in your life in all of this. Um, There's a great, uh, there's another proverb uh, that I love. Uh, Proverbs chapter 17, verse 17. Flip back a few chapters to 17. Look at this. It says this in verse 17. It says, a friend loves at all times, right? At all times. And, and here's the beauty of that, right? They love you where you are. And oftentimes when we step into, um, I'm going to be your fixer, that rarely feels like love, right? When, when that becomes your role, we, we don't experience that as love. It says, a friend loves at all times and a brother is born for a time of adversity, right? Instead of fixing you in times of adversity, they're with you, right? If Angel would have walked in my house that day and would have been like, oh, dude, like, okay, can I just tell you, like, you, like, you need to be, you know, monitoring your roof in this way. Why didn't you do this? Like, if he would have been trying to, like, step in and somehow be a fixer in that moment, like, that, that would have just been weird. Instead, it was a thing of, like, he came alongside me, right? And there were lots of things that he showed me that I learned, you know, and helped with. But there's something different in all of that. And a true friend, a level three friend, isn't trying to be your fixer. They're trying to come alongside you, right? Um, how many of you, and don't raise your hands on this, but like, do you find yourself in a relationship where either it's like, okay, I really like this person, but they are always trying to fix me. Or, right, if you want to take one step a little bit more vulnerable, maybe you realize, oh, I have a friendship where I, where I just, for some reason, I keep trying to step into their life and make them better, fix them. And, and if you find yourself in that place, let me offer a couple of things to maybe change that dynamic. Because that dynamic will hold you back from having that deeper kind of friendship, right? Um, So the first one, and this really is a gift. This really is a gift. Tell them how you want to relate differently. So if you find yourself always trying, like sliding into that fixer position in their life, here's, here's what I'd say is, give them the gift of literally saying to them, hey, I notice too often I start 
you know, trying to coach you and tell you the things that are wrong with you and how you need to change. And I love you and I see that I step into this and I don't want to relate to you in that way. You tell them that, I I promise you, if they have felt that, that, oh my gosh, that's gonna land as a gift. If you really wanna be bold, invite them, say, and you know what? If I step into that accidentally or I don't realize it, I want you to know it's okay for you to just say, hey, you're doing that fixier thing right now. And I'll know that's my cue. I'll back off so that I can come alongside you in this moment. Now, if it's the reverse, maybe you're like you're, you've got that person and you love them, but they're trying to be the fixer in your life. Um, here's a gift that you get to give yourself that will change the dynamic, your dynamic in a way that maybe changes the whole relationship. Tell them what you want out of the relationship. Tell them what you desire. It's okay for you to say, hey, I know you mean well, but what I desire is not to have you telling me like the things that I need to fix in my life. In fact, I'll make you this promise. If I need or want that from you, I promise to ask for that. But otherwise, I just need you to come alongside me and not fix me. That's a gift to you. And you know, the truth is, it's probably a gift to them and it will change the dynamic. It changes it into a kind of relationship where you can actually build one another up more and more. So, right, get out of the box um, and don't try and fix your friends. Instead, come alongside them. Uh, let me read you one last uh, verse. This, this is actually found in the New Testament out of 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, verse 11. When Paul is giving this encouragement to the church, he says, therefore, encourage one another and build each other up just as in fact you are doing. That's what we need out of friendship. And you can develop some of those friendships into a deeper kind of level three relationship because we all, all need that. Now, before I close, let me just say this. If you're a guest here this morning, it is so good to have you. And I really mean that. If you're visiting, if you're new, if you're checking it out, uh, it is great to have you here. And I'm going to actually be right over here by these tables. And if you are new or we've never had a chance to meet, I'd love to shake your hand this morning and just personally welcome you here. If you're going through something in your life and you'd love to have uh, just someone from our church just praying for you here this morning over in our prayer place, I invite you uh, to go over there and and just have someone pray for you uh, here this morning, care on you, love on you a little bit this morning. Why don't you stand? And uh, I'm going to close this in prayer and I'm going to invite you all next week. We're going to close out the series and we're going to talk about romantic relationships in the dance. Say, yeah. So I invite you to come back for that one next week. Let me pray. We'll be dismissed. Father, we just thank you that you just, that you made us for relationship and that you guide us and pull us in uh, to relationships where you can be in them. And we pray that you would that you would help us to find and develop the relationships and friendships that we need. And we pray this in your son's name. Amen. Have a great morning. We'll see you next Sunday.